This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much for joining us. It's another one of those Saturday night specials where you don't want it to be a Saturday night and you certainly don't want it to be a special like this. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify. We're Audio Boom, because we're on different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And unfortunately, not like this, we're also live on YouTube. The only thing saving me tonight is I'm joined by a free Great, wonderful returning guest to the last word on Spurs. We're going to have to somehow dissect what we've just witnessed over the course of the last 93 minutes. And in truthful, not much, being honest with you. Um, I'm going to firstly start with a man that told us top four was coming home. We're going to make it happen. He was very vibrant, positive the last couple of episodes ago. So listen, we've got the brilliant musician Jar Wobble on tonight. Jar, what is going on with our football club right now? I retract my former statement. Um, that I talked to you after the Newcastle game. Since then, we played Villa. It was, you know, it looked to me like we were starting to really play the Conti way. We were moving the ball at pace, using the whip for the pitch. One issue here, it's not, it's not the be all and end all, but it is an issue. Doherty, of all people, getting injured is a bit, a bit of a big deal, you know. Um, so that's that's hurt us. But we're back to how we were. A, in other games earlier this season, when, when we're bad, we're really bad. And and there isn't a plan B. That's, that worries me. That bothers me. It bothers me on the pundits on Sky saying he should have changed it, Conte. And I can get that. But with what? If you're going to change it, you're going to have to change it in midfield. Who have we got? Winks. You know, so... It's very difficult, you know, and they're just going to have to get it back together again. Got to tell you, just as the game finished, I bought a ticket for Leicester oh, because it's been changed to the Sunday now, so I can go to that. They've got Roma, in between, we're playing them in between. Please, God, they've rest all their decent players, you know, or, you know. But um, very, very disappointing today. Laboured. You knew in the first ten minutes you might as well have gone out for a walk. You knew it. And if Brentford had scored, they hit the woodwork twice, there was no coming back. So very, yeah. very poor, just not good enough, you know. And I wonder with a manager, you know, if he might be better off to stick um, Emma, uh, to stick someone like Lucas out as the right wing back. Maybe that would be suicidal to do defensively. But Emerson Royal, he's not he's not the worst player we've had wear a Spurs shirt, but I thought he was increasingly poor the longer the game went on, giving a ball away for fun, you know. Every time you, they go to pass the ball to him, you think, no, don't pass it to him. You know, how, how many times did Royal give the ball away, lose the ball today, you know? Too many. Far, far too yeah. many. 
You know what, we are just uh, waiting for Antonio Conte's uh, comments to the press. So um, we'll bring them to you as and when they come through from the journalists. I know he's done a few TV interviews, so we'll feed them through throughout the show. And um, listen, along with Jar, delighted to be joined again by two returning guests. It's been a while for this man. So, um, you know, we've been messaging each other throughout the day. And he actually messaged me during the game and said to me, should I do a song and dance for you? And to be fair, um, you know, he might need to do a 90-minute song and dance the way what we've just watched for the past 93 minutes. Got the brilliant voice over an impressionist, Darren Altman with us. Darren, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be here, Chris. I'm a great fan of your... Uh, <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> no, it's lovely, Ricky. Thank you so much for having us back. Wonderful. Oh, my God. Darren, <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to the game. I know we're trying our best to avoid it. But also, last but not least, been a pleasure having him on last one on Spurs this season. I think he's yet to oversee a win. Not his fault. Not his fault. Do not get on to him at all. We've got the brilliant sports presenter with us, Marcus Buckman. Marcus, what is happening with Tottenham? Can you what? make this up? Can you make it? I, can make it up? Uh, I'm going to be positive, Ricky. I'm going to, I'm going to remind you guys that Brentford have won five of their previous six games. They destroyed Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. They are the form team at the moment. We've picked up a very useful point. Uh, it's nonsense, I know, but we've got to try and spin it that way because otherwise we're all just going to sink into doom and gloom and fear the worst because I don't know what's, you know, going forward, clearly there is a, a complete lack of a spark at the moment, which two weeks ago would have been unthinkable. We were scoring for fun. I've got one stat here. We'd scored in 14 consecutive halves. Now we've not scored in four consecutive halves. It's an astonishing about turn and unfortunately it's coming at just the wrong time. Yes, 16, absolutely. 16 goals in the last five games, Marcus. Uh, 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 that's what we've scored. Yeah, Unbelievable. And rightly so, everyone was saying this is this is the team we were looking so sharp against Newcastle, against Aston Villa. And then it's like the, someone has, has flicked a switch, the lights have gone out, and everybody in that 11 today. Mm. And I, I tend to agree. I'd like to, I would like to see Conte make more changes earlier in matches. Yep. But equally, th there aren't many options there. And I, just to go on the other point, I would bring in Lucas Moura uh, in place of Emerson Roll. It's a risk, but I think it's a risk worth taking. Yeah, we'll come on to Conte. I mean, listen, I must say we've had over 60, 70 questions that have come into the last one on Spurs over the course of the last hour. I'm afraid so we won't get over all of them and because we then will run over to the boxing. And uh, we've got an urgent audience that we know boxing is probably its most priority tonight. And uh, press on the, on the result of Spurs like this, who can you blame for that? Um, but we will just set the game the best way possible. John, let's come back over to you, because it was a largely toothless display from Spurs, which season failed to reclaim full spot due to Arsenal's result earlier in the day. And just basically, just a continuation of that performance against Brighton. Are you surprised, Jar, by a lack of reaction, especially in that first half? It just... Again, Spurs coming out slow, no urgency at all whatsoever, and letting the game pass by. And you would never know Spurs were a team that were battling for Champions League football next season if you compared them as opposed to Brentford. Well, Brentford looked like the team with something to play for, you know. And, and, and you know, it's right what Matt said about the um, they, they are the form team. They're really in great, great, great form. Brighton were in very good form coming up to playing us. I know City since put them to bed, as you would expect them to do. But having said that, you, if you're seriously looking to play in, the, in a competition with the elite clubs of Europe, you have to do better than that. There's just no no intensity or urgency. You you would think, you know, you'd just be looking looking to pin the, rule, the ball about a bit quicker and somebody getting hold of the game in midfield. Someone, you know. 
Um, and I do sometimes think it's more against Brighton than today, actually, where they were passing for us for fun last week, Brighton. I sometimes think with Conte, maybe you might be better off to put the extra guy in midfield and just have two up front. Just if, if you haven't got the great players to come on influence the game, at least fill the space up and make it harder for the other team. Um, and what absolutely the most last week was losing. You know, if we had a nil-nil last week, tonight would be less, you know, would, would feel even better that we didn't lose, if you know what I mean. We'd only be a point behind, you know, Arsenal rather than two. I saw their game today. I thought they were quite lucky, really, actually. Mm. You know, um, you know the penalty, you know, Ronaldo should have took that all day long. And if that goes in, I think United go on to win it. But we're still back, you know, to, to the, that horrible word Spursy, which I hate. Just, which, you know, basically is a kind of euphemism for Spurs, bristle, fragile mentality. You know, it's still there. It's, you know, there isn't a real feeling of confidence in times with this team when the heat's on, you know. Um, very, very poor. It's, one bright spark was Son. I thought Son had a decent game. He was looking to run at them, looking to try and make stuff happen. Um, I think a big win back, a, a big problem is the wing-backs, you know. Wing-backs in Conti's system so important, and our wing-backs, now Doherty's injured, are not good enough. You know, I, I thought he'd play Sessegnon today. It makes sense, because Sessegnon, I would trust a bit more than Reggie. I think he's a little bit more direct, but um, still, they're not great, you know. Um, they're just not quite good enough, and I, I think you're better off to put Mora out wide, because the name of the game... With these well set up teams like Brentford, mm. is to get round the sides. Obviously, Absolutely. that's what yeah, it's use all that about. Width. Yeah, I, I totally yeah, yeah. agree. Um, coming over to you, Darren. Listen, it, it is that sort of result and performance that really makes you think Spurs aren't going to qualify for the Champions League. We're at one point, Spurs really, um, you know, they looked, and I know I shouldn't ever say this about Spurs, but odds on the way we were playing, the way we were interchanging our movement, our link up, our goals that we were scoring. But back to back games now about a shot on target. And I think we're now at 199 minutes. Without a shot on target, um, we've now got to try and make sure we do beat October to November, which was 272. Are you confident by then we will get a shot on target? So I'm going to mute you, Darren. Sorry about that. Let's bring you in. Um, you can't blame the forwards entirely because they've got to have the service. So um, when you've got teams that want to play against us, we sort of lick our lips because we can pass it through them. We can put balls over the top. Um, and we can break, you know, I mean, if you think about the goals that Kane and Son have scored. Um, but when players, um, like Jar said, have, have set up to nullify us and negate, there's no plan B. It happened with Brighton last week. It happened today against Brentford. Um, it happened against Middlesbrough. We, we, we failed to go through them and we failed to get balls on the top. Um, so it is worrying, you know, and, and I, I'm just a slightly concerned and, and you know looking at the games uh, the last few games where we've been scoring for fun I'm slightly concerned that we're being found out that teams are saying well listen you press them hard you know because we don't start we don't start we go even when we batter teams we don't really have 10-15 minutes where we just absolutely 
have it, you know, and really set our stall out. Yeah. We don't do that. We, I can't think of a game, I'd like to ask you lot, where we can think of a game where we've come out and absolutely all guns blazing, had it, you know, against a team. Mm. So um, I'm, it, I'm, it's slightly concerning that, that, uh, that, that managers are saying, okay, we're Spurs, what we've got to do is sit back, um, make sure they don't penetrate us, really press them for the first 10 minutes, and then you'll, you'll nullify them. And um, today was a perfect example of that. We couldn't go, our wing-backs didn't do anything. Dreadful. Uh, the midfielders, unfortunately, Bentoncourt didn't have his greatest game. Kulachevsky went missing for the first 10, 15 minutes. It, it, you know, it's worrying. I just hope that... Um, and also the concerning thing is that why didn't Antonio maybe change things up? That substitution where he yeah. brought Sanchez on and it's took a, off... It's um, ordering, wasn't it? Just bewildering. Just, just very strange. I, yeah. I mean, my wife was sitting about two foot behind me and I'm effing and blinding and, oh, my God, fucking Sanchez, you fucking joke. It was awful, awful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. I mean, Marcus, coming over to you, you know, it feels like no team works harder than Spurs to have a shot on goal. It's got to that point now and we could have played that game, I think, for a week and still not score. But um, as we've said, no shots on target now for 190 minutes of football. Not a good evening at all for Spurs. And now Arsenal have got a two-point advantage on the top four race. How did you see it overall, overall for you, Marcus? Well, I, I agree with what both you, you uh, Jar and, and Dan, have just said. That I think you could almost tell inside the foot. I think you can often tell with Tottenham. I remember Maurizio Pochettino a couple of years ago saying he knew inside the first two or three minutes what sort of performance Spurs were going to give on that particular day. And just the way we started, I'll caveat that by saying... I remember a couple of weeks ago against Aston Villa, I think we gave the ball away from the uh, mm. from the kickoff and I thought, oh my goodness. And then we scored, but then we were on the back foot for the rest of that first half. And I, I was trying to think back to when we did go for it, almost in the word go. And I, I think I, my memory may be deceiving me, but at home to Liverpool, I thought we were, we were actually superb throughout. Yeah. And that gives me some hope that maybe when we go to Anfield in a couple of weeks, we might just produce something similar. But we were just so ponderous. Um, there was just nothing in terms of creativity. Harry Kane looked, you know, he looked thoroughly pissed off to me throughout the course of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Son worked hard, but, you know, and I love Sonny, but the, the little flicks didn't quite work. The crosses weren't quite there. Benton Kerr definitely had his poorest game. I mean, I, I reckon it's difficult maybe for Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky. They've come in and, you know, it's like you, you almost you, you start on fumes. And then it gets a little bit harder. So maybe they're going through that little passage. And the fact that there are no alternatives apart from maybe Mora. I mean, I saw Harry Winks warming up and, you know, I don't want to have another massive go at Harry Winks again, but please, mm. no, no, mm. don't bring him back on. So there, there, there are so few alternatives. And it was just a, a slow, ponderous nature of, of the builder and the missed passes that were just, um, you know, I can't understand. I can't understand it because I do think there is quality in that side. But clearly, when Spurs are good, they're very, very good. When they are yeah. bad, they are awful, yeah, and they have been bad. awful now in back-to-back -back matches. Yeah, and it's just so bizarre because you know we've heard Conte say, and we'll come on to his post-match press conference, uh, post-match comments in a second. That, you know, every game now is like a cup final. We can't say that in the last one of Spurs. We keep saying every every game is like an FA Cup fifth round because we don't win cup finals. Everybody does know. Um, Jar, coming back round to you. Listen, I mean, overall, we've said it, a really awful performance. It felt like we were dominated by Brentford all game. And as we've referenced, not a shot on target. The players didn't show up. The manager as well. I do want to come on to Conte because 
to not make any real tactical changes, any real tweaks until so late on in the game. And then when he did, the introduction of Sanchez, I think for some was really, really bewildering. Um, do you think he has to take an element of flack today as well by the nature of those changes made? I think I could say, I think I know why he would bring Sanchez on. Um, Davis is, a, you know, is more of a left back than a left sided defender. I can see why you might put him up there because Sessegnon, maybe Sessegnon's not quite doing enough for, for the manager and he wants, you know, Davies is maybe a little bit more of a footballer, you know. Um, I must admit, it's like putting a sticking plaster on something when you've actually got a broken limb on the other side of your body, you know, to make sort of a messy and that kind of metaphor because it was the right flank, I felt, where we were really lacking any penetration. Kudasevsky and Emerson weren't at the races today, you know. So I would have thought maybe bringing Mora on and getting him playing wide because he can go past the man. He's got some pace. Um, the only other, but was Bergwin on the bench today? Yeah, it was. I believe it was on the yeah, bench, Bergwin. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that's been informed for his country. Yeah, he was and on the you bench, might, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with these games. If you can't play for them, go, start going long. Start going long, you know, which we've done to very good at, effect at times this season. Yeah. You know, start going long. Um, I thought Bentecourt, I felt sorry for him because there were quite a few occasions. He received the ball, we got on a half turn, and he's looking up, you're thinking, God, what's he, what's he seeing? It's just a load of static Tottenham players, mm-hmm. you know, and so they end up kind of working the ball backwards and forwards across the pitch to very little effect. And then you get those situations where they are hitting long balls. Like Dyer today, that awful ball, a crucial time in the game. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Oh God, just terrible. Um, and and uh, you know, you do wonder with Conti, but I guess he's got such a belief in his system, and wants the players to have a complete faith in that system that he doesn't want to start changing it. I guess you know, and it's very much a, you know, the three forwards up front becomes a kind of a. 3-5-1 when we lose, a 5-4-1 when we lose the ball, you know. Um, but I just think you got Bergwin there, you know. I would probably bring Bergwin on as a striker in front of Lucas. Lucas doesn't do enough in these big mm. games. Bergwin's um, got that little yeah. bit, of, bit of skill. What what have you got to lose by bringing Bergwin on? I'm amazed, Jar. I'm amazed, Jar, that Moore is still being favoured first over Bergwijn. I still can't get my head around that. When you look at the contribution overall um, throughout the season, and I know, again, Bergwijn's goals, um, I mean, they scored some crucial goals for the club, of course, Leicester. Um, you come off the bench and obviously scored as well at the home game recently. I'm amazed that Bergwijn is not being favoured more over Mora. But we understand it's in the bench. It's not a, a, a whole host of changes you can make, but you feel at the moment, I mean, Darren will come up to you at the moment. It does feel that, you know, when you're fourth, you don't have a shot in target for four halves. That is the definition of bottling it. You know, in my opinion, you know, you, you've got to produce more than what we're doing right now. And I've got, to understand, I've got to say, being honest now, you know, neutral here aside, I don't really understand the stubbornness of the tactics when, you know, it feels like at the moment Spurs are very predictable. Everybody seems to know what we're going to do. You know, from Brighton to Brentford today, I think both the teams knew how we we're going to set up, how we were going to play. And let's be honest about it, Brentford were really unlucky not to win the game in the end. And Spurs... It's ridiculous saying this. Spurs are in the battle for a top four spot here. We we end up coming out with probably a better point than the two that we've thrown away. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, do you agree Conte needs to take some of the blame here? 
Just unmute myself, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, tactically, yeah. I mean, it, in his system, you know, the wing-backs are so important. I've, I've got to disagree with Marcus. I, I prefer Reguillon to Sessignon. I just think Sessignon, he blows so hot and cold. I think uh, Reggie had a bit of a knock, a groin, something, so he didn't want to risk him. Uh, he was saying beforehand, Conte, so uh, that's why he didn't play him. I, I like his balls. I like his... I, I I like his bombing down the wing. That's what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing Carl Walker. We're used to seeing Simon Davies. We're used to seeing, you know, uh, Kieran Trippier. You know, that's what I want, you know, marauding down the wing. But when they nullify your wing backs and you've got two men on Kane, that's it. You've you've nullified Spurs because Kane can't play his, his long balls to um, Son drop deep and plays, you know, long balls to Son. The wing-backs can't run down and, and put balls in. Um, you can't pass it through to midfield. So I think you're right, we're getting found out. Um, and I completely agree with you about Ver Bergwijn. I would rather see him than Lucas Moura. I, I, I love his passion. I love his commitment. Um, I love his speed. But I think I just don't get why he hasn't got a final ball. I don't get it. I mean, it's. I mean, he may win you a free kick outside the box, um, but this inability, this this, this running, <coughs> excuse me, until you run into a blind alley or you get tackled, it just I, that that frustrates me. So I agree. Like, why why not bring Bergvine on? Um, and yeah, I think we you're right. We 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 ran out of options today. I mean, but I'm guys, not, I think it is it's not the biggest problem. Um, also our biggest asset, and that's Harry Kane. And we know what Harry Kane can do, and we all yep. know that he's two players in one because he's the mm -hmm. supreme goal scorer and he's yep. a fantastic creator. But we know that when things aren't going well, he will go deeper and deeper. And we know that last week Brighton were ready for that and um, he was mm -hmm. more or less man-marked out of the game in, in that, not, not the whole time, but when, when he got into those key areas. And Brentford were ready for that again today. And I, I think it, the trouble is, I think it's hard to blame Conte too much. If we still look at his results overall, what were we, ninth when, when he came? We're still yep. in with a chance of qualifying. Mm. And I think if Conte suddenly started changing his tactics left, right and centre, we'd all be going, he doesn't know what he's doing because you can't afford to panic too much. I think mm. the part of the problem is, though, as, as you've all said, teams are aware of what we're going to do, oh, particularly totally, particularly totally. with Harry Kane. Yeah. And that's the issue. They've mm. got to look back at this game tonight and say, right, how can we tweak that before we play Leicester next weekend, mm. before we go to Liverpool? And then most importantly of all, of course, we get decent results there when when we when we play Arsenal, who, by the way, we should beat. As Jar said, they weren't well, very good today. And, yeah. you know, even we would have beaten Chelsea at Stamford Bridge the other night, which we never do, the way Chelsea yeah. played. So... I still don't think we should be panicking too much. I don't think we should be blaming the manager. I just think they need to have a little look and see what they can do, particularly with regards to where Kane takes up the majority of his positions. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, Conte has been speaking these last few moments. We'll read out some of these uh, post-match press conference comments here. He says, I think in the last two games we have struggled offensively because we found two teams that were very good defensively. Without the ball, both teams defended very deep with the whole team. I've got to say today, I thought Brentford were coming at Spurs. I think, and, and, like I said earlier, I think Brentford were definitely, you know, if you said who was going to win that game, Brentford looked much more than Spurs. Uh, Conte went on to say after the Brighton game, we tried to work in training to beat 10 players behind the ball in the end, this is a consequence of scoring many goals. You start to become a dangerous team. The opponent tries to pay more attention when they face you. 
He then wanted to say about his substitutions that during a game, you always need to have a good balance. I tried with the, the first sub. I remember that first sub was uh, Sanchez coming on because we were suffering a lot from the free kicks and throw-ins to put Sanchez in. Then to be more offensive, I've moved Kuliseski to wing back and Lucas up front. What do you make of those comments for you there, Jark? And you understand what he's referring to there? I mean, he's obviously saying that, you know, teams are playing a lot more attention to Spurs. But is that, you know, the, the quality of him as a manager? Is that up to him to find a way to be more different? Or is it simply not enough depth in that squad to make the necessary changes, Joel? Well, uh, it's always difficult when you're watching a game on telly. But it did seem there wasn't much space behind the the Brentford defence today. You know, so when that tells me that they're in midfield, they must be quite stretched. So why isn't there more space to be utilised there? Do you know what I mean? That kind of puzzles me slightly. Not, not disagreeing with him, but just thinking, well, surely if a canny team would, would create space in midfield, you know. So Kulazewski, I, I hadn't really spotted that, it made, but yeah, that made sense because Wara was going ahead of Kulazewski, so he had Kulazewski playing as the right wing back. Maybe that's the way forward for the rest of the season. I just don't think you can. It, it's going to work with mm. Emerson there. Um, yeah. But, you know, this thing with Kane coming deep, I just think today, why not just say, yeah, let him come in midfield. He's going to be the best midfield player we've got. Let him come midfield. Let let them worry about having to deal with that, their centre-halves. Bring Bergwin on, maybe have Bergwin and Son up front, you know, um, rather than the three up front, running on beyond Kane. You know, just try something, you know. Just try something, you know, and let Kane try and play them through, you know. Um, it, it bothers me. We don't seem to, to 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 be able to. We really, as we were so often in in earlier games this season, lacking in any real nous or creativity in the last third. It, no one had a passing in today, but no one had a run in them. One other thing I wanted that really annoyed me the most in the game, the most, a wasted corner in the first half. Well, yep. two wasted corners. Son doesn't even get it above knee height, the corner, the first corner. Second corner, him and Sessegnon muck it up so the ball doesn't even come in. And then the free kick towards the end of the game when you got Kulisevsky on it, left footer. Um, we've got a good left foot on him and you've got you've got Son with a right foot. And you think, just let Kulisevsky take it, you know? You could see they were dreading the in-swinging corner with a bit of pace on it, you know? And Son maybe piss off and get in a box or something. Get on the outside of the box. He's got a good shot on him, you know? So just these tight games, the top teams not playing well score from set pieces. And we've got so few set piece goals. And we look to have a real lack of creativity with the set pieces as well. Look at Brentford. And in terms of defending set pieces, today that annoyed me defensively. They have a litany of corners um, through that first half especially, and they went long. And on one of them, they find Ivan Tony, their number nine, who's dropped deep and no one picking him up. They could well have scored, you know, and that bothers me. I, I, I don't doubt that Conti's trained, trains them very hard with what, what he wants, you know, in the training sessions, but maybe a little bit more attention to these set pieces. That's what wins tight games. We all know Absolutely. that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when you have this debate, you know, many will then refer to the fact, coming over to you, Darren, that 
if you look at the squad, it maybe then again underlines just how much work there is to be done with this squad. But then it's not too long ago we were sitting here saying Spurs are scoring 14, 15 goals in you know four or five games. I mean, wh- where do you sit? What part of the fence do you sit on? Do you look at the fact that you know we haven't got an array of options on there and therefore Conte is hamstrung to some degree? Or do you think really with the options that he's got and with the comments that he said post-match, our team's now paying much more attention to Spurs, which makes it a lot more difficult to find the options to change a game. Where do you sit on that? I think it's a combination of both. I think you've said it really. I mean, you know, a couple of months ago, I would have said that we wouldn't be in the position, we wouldn't be are where we are and we would be out the running. I mean, so, I mean, you can argue, you know, we just need to get this season over with and and really recruit and, and get rid of the dead wood and buy the players we need in the positions we need. But we are where we are. And I mean that in a positive way. Like, you know, we're, we're knocking on the door of, of Champions League. So, you know, um, we're in with a shout. We can't just say, well, let's just play it out and, and you know, and wait for the summer transfer window and, and really buy and the players that we need. Um so I, I think at the end of the day, I just don't think our squad is strong enough at the moment. I think when the shit hits the fan, as we saw today, we don't have the options that we need to really ch- change the game. And, you know, I mean, look at, you know, someone like Jota for Liverpool. You know, he doesn't start, but bloody hell, when he comes off that bench, he's going to score. He's unbelievable. You know, and there's other teams that have got real strength in depth. And at the moment, we haven't. You know, he brings on Sanchez or he brings on a Harry Winks. You know, it's or, or Mora who just runs into cul-de-sacs. You know, we need game changers on the bench. We need players fighting for positions, really battling for positions. And at the moment, we haven't got that and it's not happening. So, um I, I I think it's a it's a combination of exactly what you said, being found out um, yep. and and just not having strength in depth at the moment. Marcus, coming over to you, and I, you actually uh, referred to this during the green. Well, when we was in the green room, as Lee McQueen puts it, you know, Brentford have won five of their last seven, and Conte also afterwards said, you know, with five games left to play, we are talking that Tottenham is in the race of the Champions League mm. in November. People forget the trouble this team was in. We have improved a lot, and he wanted to make that point there. Where do you stand, Marcus? Should there be, you know, partly today a portion to the manager for not changing the game quickly enough? I know 20 minutes ago, people were crying out saying, do something, change something. Mm. Um, but is it the lack of quality on the bench? Yes. What do you put it down yes. to? Yes, I've put it purely down to a lack of quality on the bench. The reason, actually, I thought he might have brought Sanchez on. I was thinking, OK, because when we get a corner, he's, he, he might actually score right. Yeah, like yep. he did, and I thought actually that's that might not be such a bad thing because I can only think of one corner where Romero headed it. Uh, was it Romero or Benton actually might have headed it well over the the bar? Mm. I thought well, Matt Sanchez might pop up in the last minute as he did at Watford. Yeah, it's a lack of quality, but I, and I think also this manager has achieved fantastic success with his system, and I think it's a it's a little bit naive of us all to think that he's going to because of two games against Brighton and and Brentford. Okay, two pretty awful games that he's going to suddenly change everything up he, he's going to do what he, he's used to doing we haven't got good enough players but this is the most critical month that we have uh, got coming up I, I, I think when you think about it I think it's it's really important who we play against because as you guys have rightly said the teams that know how to really nullify us in particular get results of us I'm going to try and be optimistic here. Leicester, next weekend, in the middle of their two 
semi-finals against Roma and a team I think will be able to attack and exploit. So I'm, I'm bang optimistic and I've been writing my little points tally down here, obviously to see if we're going to finish above Arsenal. We then go to Liverpool and the last time I came on here, I said adamantly, uh, we were going to Manchester City the following weekend. I said, whatever happens, we will lose that game heavily. So I'll just say the same. We'll go to Liverpool. We will lose that game heavily, which means we might nick a point. You never know. Then we, oh, then we If we then get Arsenal, we get the three points. Obviously, have to do that. Burnley at home. Well, OK, Burnley are a difficult team, but for goodness mm. sake. If the, and then Norwich away. And I've, I've just tallied up my points. We get three against Leicester. I'll say none against Liverpool, but then three more against Arsenal, Burnley and Norwich. And my math tells me that's 12 points. And I've quickly looked at Arsenal, who, similar to us next weekend, in that they play West Ham in the middle of their European semi-finals. Yeah. That's a big plus for them. I think mm. they'll go and win that as a result. They'll beat Leeds yeah. at home, but they'll lose to us. Then they've got to go to Newcastle. And I've been bemoaning the fact that Newcastle are half decent. There's something wrong about the world where Newcastle have got a football team that's actually winning. But <laughs> penultimate game of the season, Arsenal go to Newcastle. They're not going to get more than a point off that one. They'll beat Everton last game of the season. That means they get 10 points. We get 12. We are still going to finish fourth on goal difference, despite the fact that we've got a very, very uh, weak squad and we've got a manager who is hand-fisted in what he wants to actually do. But it's going to be just enough. And then he'll stay. Kane will stay. The club will actually start spending a few million. About and the manager. Will... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rick, we'll, Ricky, we'll end the show. End the show. End the show. That's, what, show. that's what I end see the... coming. That's it. That's, and that's the real quiz. Good night. That's the real quiz. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's what we all turned up for. I'll tell you what, I need to share some Marcus' optimism. I really, really do. Uh, guys, it. I must say, thank you so much. I, know I think 60, 70 questions that have come into last <laughs> one on Spurs. I'll read out some of the statements that we've had in. Um, this is from Kiwi Habib, who says, is Conte terrorising the players like Mourinho did? It's his way or the highway. No flexibility doing the same thing over and over while seeing it doesn't work. Um, we've got here Jay Reed who says, why do our big players never turn up when it matters? Why have the players' nerves gone when everything is still in their hands? Clearly I didn't hear Marcus's prediction there beforehand, so what's there to worry about? Um, Zach says, at what point should Conte be questioned for the last two weeks being so poor? I think, again, we've addressed that in this first half an hour in terms of the tactics, the substitutions. Dolphan says, is Conte not the tactical genius I hear a lot on the podcast? <laughs> it's interesting. If a type of a plan doesn't work, where is his plan B? Michael Daunty says, have Spurs balled it up so much that I expect them getting nothing from Anfield that winning the North London derby even won't be enough for fourth now? Interesting. There's so many different comments here. I must say, guys, over 40, 50 questions. Um, Joe, do you still believe it's alive? Bear in mind, you told us a couple of day, uh, games ago, Spurs will definitely finish in that Oh, without, without doubt. And I love what Marcus, that's the mad optimism that I suffered from after the Newcastle <laughs> game. And Marcus, it's even more commendable because we've had a bad result today. But, um, yeah, and I think what Marcus said as well about it would be naive and silly to expect Conti to suddenly start playing a different system. I would like to see him just change the system slightly. Just go, just putting an extra body in midfield would, would be interesting. I think that in these tighter games could, could help gain a bit of an edge. But mm. one thing I like since Conti come, there's loads of times the last few years under Mourinho where I just think, what are we, what the hell are we doing? What's, what, what, what system? What are we, how are we trying to play? You know, are we trying to play out from the back or what? You know, it didn't make sense. Now with Conti, you just note the back three, which kind of works. And it's, we've kept a lot of clean sheets, really, haven't we? We haven't conceded that many goals, mm. you know. Um, we do concede chances and Lloris comes into play, but we know what we're going to get. 
and it's about moving the ball quickly and about using the width of the pitch and making the pitch a lot bigger. I do think the Doherty injury is a big oh, deal. Well, it, it clearly is. He, was, yeah, looking he, the, he was looking the player yeah. that he was at yeah. Wolves. He was you know looking what, you like what, Jar, yeah. I've got to be honest, Jar, I was quite naive and underestimated how much that injury would affect us. But you can clearly see with Royale out on the right-hand side, Spurs, we're lacking any real drive yeah. with purpose down there. Has it surprised you, Jar, just how much we're missing Doherty? Or, or is, it, is it clear no, for I, everyone I, to see? As soon as I realised, I discussed it with my son. My son said, it looks like a soft tissue injury. He'll probably be all right. You know, it's like a dead leg sort of thing. And I wasn't so sure that's his knee. Shocking challenge. I thought Villa... You know, I thought Villa... Not enough was made of those challenges. If the boot was on the other foot, no pun intended, you wouldn't hear the end of it. Had dirty yeah. diaries and R Romero if it was the other way round, you know. Mm. But yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, Doherty was starting to pop up in the box, look a real threat. It's such a shame, and it is a big, big loss. He was, he's because he's our only really proper, proper wing back. He's yeah. the, he's the only specialist wing back at the club, and on yeah. a system that depends on wing backs, I knew that was going to be a big, big deal. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't think uh, Serge is? You don't think Serge fits that role? You know, I'll be honest with you, Darren. You know, I heard you say about Serge earlier. For me, he's just inconsistent as what um, as what Cecil Young's been. For me, mm. I find him, you know, I find Regulon so infuriating because I do agree he's got pace, but his end delivery, oh, it, it really frustrates me. You know, I think, you know, there's a reason that Real Madrid let a player go. I, I always fully believe that when you've got a club like Real Madrid and there's a player they're willing to let go, there's a reason for that. And I think you've seen it with Regulon. I think it's to some degree, you know, you could see that, Conte was quite keen to get Sessegnon back in the team very quickly. I, I think, you know, given coaching, Regulon may have a big future. But my worry is that I think Conte knows that he needs to get results now. We've got, you know, five cup finals left. Um, there should be fifth round FA Cup ties. We can't keep saying cup finals. I just wonder between now and the end of the season, I'll be massively surprised, despite Sessegnon's performance today, if Regulon plays those remaining games, I just feel that he sees more in Sessegnon's end product, which to be fair, again, hasn't been great as no. well. But out the two, I think he does favour Sessegnon. Do you agree, Darren, on that? I mean, I don't know. From what I've seen, I just think I just think Ooh. Sessegnon's hit and miss. I just I just think I've just seen him make too many silly mistakes personally. Um, and back to what you were saying about Sessegnon not being good enough for Madrid. I saw. Um, let's take these today's game. Aside, mm. yeah. uh, I saw an Italian journalist when we signed um, Kulachevsky and Bentoncourt basically saying, big mistake, that they're, they're essentially mm. uh, Juventus dead wood. Um, and what a revelation they've been, you know, uh, you know, prior to this game, unbelievable, like really, really stepped up, slotted into the premiership. So, you know, you don't know. You don't know. I, I mean, I, I I do have a soft spot for for, for Reggie. I just like the way he picks up the ball and fucking runs down that wing, attacking players. That's what I want to see out of a win back, you know, and just going forward, forward, yeah. forward, forward. And probably for me, so important. Yeah, it's all very well having that pace. Go on, Mark, you want to come in there? Yeah, I, I'd like to make a point. I, I agree um, that, that I, I like the way he bombs forward and, and he started the season magnificently. His end product's frustrating. The thing that really annoys me is actually Ryan Sessignon because I think he's got so much potential. I agree. But, totally he, agree. He, yeah. and, but to me, he looks so tight. He is not prepared to take a risk and there is no point playing in that position if you're not going to. And it, that's the other thing I want to, where I think Conte has really got to come to the fore, and we know he's capable of this because he's got that passion. As we keep saying, we've got five 
FA Cup fifth round matches to come now. And and they're big. And and if you look at our record in, I won't just say big games, but this stat surprised me. In London derbies this season, OK, so they're big, intense affairs. No side has won fewer points than Tottenham this season in London derbies. Ten mm. points is all we've picked up. And no side has scored fewer goals than us. We've only scored nine goals in all those London derbies. Now, that points, again, to I don't know why, whether players do get a bit tight, whether they're they're playing within themselves, they're restricted. To me, Session looks like, go out there, Session. You are such a good player. Go out and be yeah. brave. And I want Conte to say that to the whole team. Go out and be brave. And if we fail, it's not through a lack of trying. And, and yeah. I, that's all that I think is... And I, I love what Jar says about, yeah, you could just, I like that idea of bringing Kane maybe back into the midfield sometimes and having Bergwin go up front. And yeah, that 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 could work. But the most important thing, he's, he's going to stick basically to his system. But tell those players, go out and believe in yourselves. Because I look at Cessignon and I don't think he does. And yet, no. you, you're right. I think that Conte can, he said, hasn't he, earlier this season, that mm. the guy's got a lot of ability. Now go and show it in the last yeah. five games. Please. But, you know, it's funny. I, I actually believe Conte is telling him that he's great, but I, I think it's the player himself. I think he's so hesitant. You know, mm. and once he gets over the halfway line, oh. it's almost like his legs turn to jelly. I, I can't explain it. And it is so infuriating because there's something part of me inside me. I know people are going to be killing me for saying this, that I agree with you, Marcus. There's something about him where I see this potential. But I've said this before about so many Spurs players only to be let down. So, um, yeah, mm. I mean, Can it's I so, use, so I... tricky. Regarding Cessi, sorry, regarding Reggio, I, I want to use one of my favourite expressions. What I, the other thing I like about him is 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 his shit at the verb to shit house. I just love that about him, and we don't have that enough in our team. I just like the fact that Sergei has got that in his locker as well. Just wallop, and um, I, I like that 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 fire that fire. We've been lacking that for a while, and I love that about Serge. I just we, we, think... And we've also been, we, we have forgotten, he's the forgotten man, we've been lacking Oliver Skip at a key period yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, Both Skip and Doherty, we can't, we can't forget we, that. We, 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 yeah. Yeah, John, want to bring can him I in just, there, John? Please come in, yeah, John. Can I Go just, I, 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 um, I run a, a community thing in South London called Tuned In, and the guy, one of the guys I do it with, Fulham fan. So, over the last few years, I've got to see Fulham going back a good few years. And I used to get, what, see him play and saw Sessignor play for them. And they all felt he was overrated and they felt he wasn't a footballer. I felt, well, I like him. He bombs down the left. Yeah. He was having a real, he was only 16 or 17. It was ridiculous. And he was scoring goals, Sessignor. He was a regular goal scorer. So I do think a lot of this is to do with confidence. And I still maintain, his, you know, he was a really good direct wide player. Lots of pace. And, it, and with an eye for goal. It did get out one goal for us against Bayern Munich away. Re, Reggie, I like. I think Reggie's a much better footballer than Sessegnon. But I think that he's, he worries me defensively in big pressure games. He's likely yeah. to be do, do a silly thing, you know. Mm. He's the kind of guy like to get a red card. Coming forward, he's he looks good. He's got pace. It's that final ball in just mm. isn't quite there. But yeah. it's hey, neither of them is setting the world on fire. Both, either one of them, one of them needs to step up to the plate, you know, yeah. at some point, you know, quickly. We've got five games left, you know. But Sessegnon is a player I saw a lot, and I, I thought he was an amazing young player for them at that point, you know, amazing. And and as I say, the Fulham fans at the time just felt they, the ones I knew, 
felt he was a bit overrated and he was going to go for big money and that he wasn't all that special. But he he is, to me, the archetypal Conti left back, you know, mm. uh, left left uh, wing back. Very direct, you know, just get in there, get, get, get to the touchline, make the pitch big. And he's not quite got that belief. I do worry with him. I've seen that with Bell. You know, the players have a lot of hamstring problems and they get kind of hesitant to have that explosive Completely power. go for Yep, yep. You know, maybe maybe that's a factor. But today I just felt he's playing at 90%, you know? Mm. 90% of what he could do, you know? I think an interesting point that was made earlier is, again, you know, we're taking Bell and Vinicius out of this team. That's 27 goals overall. We, we can't just overlook that. And again, I know we've brought Kulisevsky in, of course. We've brought Bentancur in. It is really frustrating at the moment. It really, really is. What we will do is we will go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Taking into that break for our listeners on audio, you're going to hear from Antonio Conte, very frustrated, and Eric Dyer, both incredibly, incredibly disappointed by today's result. And listen, let's just hope Spurs are in a situation where after yet another four week on the training ground, we're going to be ready because Leicester, as Marcus referenced just earlier, um, they're in a situation for them where we're going to be playing them bang in the middle of obviously, of course, for them, a crucial Europa Conference League semi-final. So let's hope Spurs can take full advantage of that. Factor in how the game went, good point or bad point? No, this obviously this stage in the season when we're, we're fighting for we're fighting for um, a point's never enough um, you know obviously we came here to win and, and we haven't managed to do that um, you know last last week we we should have finished no no and we didn't and we lost today today at least we uh, you know we didn't get complacent on the other end and, and um, we left left with a, a nil nil which is uh, obviously not what we wanted but obviously the you know the the second best thing after the win, I guess. How difficult did they make it for you? Yeah, um, I think they made it. They made it difficult for for us, and I think we made it difficult for ourselves. To be honest, we. Um, I don't think we we created enough chances. I don't think our play was very uh, very fluid as it usually is, um, and as it's become under the, man, under the manager. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's a bit of both. So similar failings to last week in terms of the lack of fluidity and yeah. chances created. Yeah, I think um, I think I just saw we had no shots on target again two two weeks in a row. You know, and that's um, that's down to everyone. That's down to me. Down to down to everyone because uh, you know it's not just the forward players. We need to put them, give, you know, give them the ball in the right positions, and then obviously, you know, with their quality. Um, you know, everyone has to be doing better. Um, so, so we're really disappointed. Yeah. Quite a strange problem to have emerged in the last couple of games. When, yeah. you, when you think, I think the three before that it was five, four, and three. Yeah, no, obviously. Um, yeah, it's not what we expect after the way we've been playing, the way we've been attacking, especially the amount of chances we've been creating and goals we've been scoring. Um, yeah, as, as I said, I think we weren't the last two games. We haven't been as fluid uh, in our play and. We haven't got into good positions. I think um, sloppy in possession as well. Um, I think we got better as the game went on. I think for the majority of the second half, we dominated the game, played high in their pitch, but um, yeah, still didn't create enough. Did Arsenal put the pressure on with a couple of big wins this week? Is that a factor at all? No, obviously we we, we know what what's at stake. Um, I think uh, you know I, I said last week, you know in. In the last three games, a lot changed, and in the next three games, a lot can change. So um, we've got to 
we've got to you know focus on ourselves, put the blinkers on, and 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 try and win all our games. Obviously, um, you know today's today's a hiccup, but we got no time to. No, no time really, just to you know feel sorry for ourselves or be down. We gotta, we gotta go again next week, next weekend. Um, it's still in, it's still in our hands because we still have to play them. Um, but there's a lot of football before that, so we just gotta, we just gotta focus on ourselves and and try and win all our games. That North London derby is starting to look enormous, isn't it? Yeah, we can't, you know, we can't focus on that right now. We've got a lot of games to play before that. Um, and as I said, a lot changed in the last three games. A lot can change before that game. So. Um, we just got to, you know, stay in our bubble, focus on ourselves, and try and try and improve this week, and figure out, um, you know, why we've performed the way we have in the last two games, and uh, change that. Last one, because I saw you give him a big hug. I don't know, straight after a match is a difficult time for sentiment, but what was it like to see and compete against Christian Eriksen? Yeah, it's uh, no, it's emotional to play against him. Um, it's strange just to play against him. You know, I spent most. My professional career playing with him, um, so to play against him's uh, strange. But obviously, uh, I never imagined to be playing against him under these circumstances. And um, yeah, I'm just so happy he's he's healthy, and I don't care if he's playing football or not. I'm just happy he's healthy, and and you know, for him to be able to play football on top of that is is amazing. And uh, I'm really happy for him and his family. Well said. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Okay, Antonio's here. Goal is at Brentford and every bit as difficult as you expected, really? Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, my expectation was to uh, to have a, a difficult game because uh, Brentford uh, is a, a, a physical team. They are very, very dangerous uh, in set pieces, in corner and throw in. Uh, in uh, every situation, uh, they can... Uh, they can try to, to put this ball into the box and uh, they have a strong player physically and uh, they are very good. And uh, I think uh, we wanted, no? We wanted to try to get three points, we want to try to, to win. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think that it's fair, uh, it's fair to tell that uh, today the draw is, uh, is right. And uh, now we have to try to to continue to work and uh, to play these uh, last five games and uh, to see to see at the end of the season uh, which is uh, the position that we are able to to reach but I repeat in the last game if you remember very well I said that this team has to learn that uh, the game that you can not not able you are not able to win you have not to lose and uh, this, uh, it, it was another another uh, another game uh, to, to pay great attention today. The, the positives, the defensive performance under that pressure to keep a clean sheet. I guess at the other end, we've just struggled in attacking areas the last couple of games, haven't we? Uh, yeah, but we are, we are struggling. We are struggling because uh, we are finding team that uh, when uh, when we are in possession, we find them ten players uh, to defend in their uh, in their half pitch. And today it was very difficult because uh, uh, I watched the game that uh, Brentford played against Chelsea. They were very deep with 10 players and, uh, and they scored four goals in counter-attack. 
with the two strikers already then to attack the space. And when that happened this type of situation, you have to pay great attention. But at the same time, uh, we have to try to improve. We have to try to improve because uh, Manchester City find, uh, finds uh, this type of situation every game. And then they have to find the, the, the solution because they find the uh, team uh, defend very deep with uh, 11 players. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have to try to, to, to improve. We have to try to improve because defensively we were good. Offensively, I think that we can do much better. During this break, many of you already know this, that for our watching audience here and our listeners on audio, that we've absolutely been delighted to be sponsored by NordVPN this season. Nord are, of course, an incredibly secure, fast and easy to use VPN. We've been calling the Harry Kane of VPNs, but we could have done with, I think, a bit more, well, a bit more fight from Harry Kane today for sure. You know, they've got over 5,200 servers across 59 countries. In the world, they automatically select the best server based on your locations, your loads and your specific needs. We've got a special discount at the moment with, in collaboration on Nord with the last one on Spurs, where you've got the opportunity to save a huge discount and one month free and a bonus gift by going to www.nordvpn.com forward slash LWOS. Make sure you use that code LWOS to get you a huge discount and one month free. And listen, hopefully Nord will allow you to enjoy Spurs all around the world, as I'm sure you've enjoyed them tonight. Just no goals and 199 minutes and counting. Apart from that, we're uh, absolutely loving it. And we've got, like we said, five FA Cup fifth round ties to go. What can I say? Guys, listen, we know it's a crucial night of boxing. We know that for sure. And people are worried about us going overtime. Don't worry. We won't be going overtime. Don't you worry at all. But what I do want us to talk very briefly on is the starting lineup. It was just the one change, of course. We saw Ryan Session coming in for Sergio Regulon. So that team read Lloris Romero, Dyer Davis, Emerson, Hoybier, Benton Kul, Session, Kulisevsky, Kane and Son, with a bench of Galini, Roden, Sanchez, Regulon, White, Winks, Bergvine, Lucas, Scarlett. And Marcus, on paper, any issues or reservations with the team when that came out? No, um, and no surprises because we've seen that he, Conte will go with his consistent formula. And as we keep saying, the lack of depth in the squad means that he hasn't got a lot of options. So the question which we just touched on, should it have been Sessignon or or Reguillon? And I, uh, having said how much I like, or I think how much ability Sessignon has, I, I'm, Darren's actually won me over. I, I think based on hindsight and how we didn't get through that, pretty good type Brentford defence. I think actually that maybe, bearing in mind also that Session didn't do much, uh, perhaps Reguillon would, should have started. I, I think I would have preferred to him. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy to say that in hindsight. Um, aside from that, no, I don't. There are What other options are there, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest? And Unless, yeah. uh, as, as Jar said at the start, and I think has got to happen, that we do bring in Lucas Mora into, you know, the Emerson... Royale role down the right flank because I think I'd rather I'd rather we we lose games five four between now and the end of the season and draw nil nil or, or lose one nil. Martin Tyler appearing here. Uh, yeah, it wasn't live today. It was bloody dead from the first minute onwards. We were live two weeks. Ago. That's the problem. Darren, come over to you. Listen, this is the real voiceover impressionist. I I can't be fooling around here. This is the real man, Darren. Coming over to you. And um, you know we saw in the first half, Tony Header crashing into the woodwork. You know, Spurs really offering next to nothing in that first half. And we go on to the game. Brentford almost score, but Harry Kane is on the line to clear it. I mean, Darren, am I right in saying it? it just felt like only one team ever looked like they were going to win that game. And it most certainly was not going to be Spurs. 
Um, you want to see my notes? Uh, absolutely nothing okay, going on. I say I've written this is for the first time. I can't time. read I've, all the rest of it, it's on there. I, absolutely nothing going on. No attack, no forward passes. Can't play through them and can't complete passes. Wing Black's completely nullified. Kane had no service. Decades done nothing. No aggression, no creativity. That was that, that was that, that was my note. Is that the Brighton notes, or are they just on repeat for this one? I mean, you know, I, I basically copied an Apple X, Apple V. <laughs> um, uh, this is, I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying um, at the top of the show, uh, Ricky. I'd, I'd love to see us come out, and you think, what well, you know, we've scored 16 goals in five games, so we must be doing something right. That That's not a fluke, okay? That's that. That's not luck. Great. We're doing totally something great. right. But having said that, I can't remember, and maybe this is me being naive and having no understanding of football. But I, I'd love to see us absolutely come out and just wallop teams. You know, set our stall out, and knowing that if we get an early goal or get an early two goals, they'll have to come at us, and that's when we can play the long balls over the top. We can do the sun runs and the cane runs and the running off. You know, and they'll we create the space. But um, I don't get – I haven't said, hey, Siri, shut the fuck up. Um, so I don't understand why we don't absolutely attack. Like, why Conti doesn't use that as a game plan and say, okay, we're playing Villa. I want you to go at them for 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. Absolutely go at them and just let's get a goal. Let's get two goals and open them up. And then then we really set a stall out. I can't remember the last time we've done that. I just can't. Well, do you know what? I mean, Jar, coming over to you, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, are you surprised by the nature of the fact we go in today, we see Arsenal win convincingly? Should there be more of a setup from Spurs to go at these teams? Well, one of the things we don't do, you never really see us press in a coordinated way high up with intensity. I don't know if that's deliberate. I wonder if Harry Kane's got it in him to press the way you used to do under Pochettino, for instance. You know, I wonder about that. Son's got it in him, I think. You know, we'll, we'll do it. But they, they, it seems to be with Conti's system, they, I think it's part of the system, they don't do that. Um, I do wonder, with Tottenham, it's been quite a strange few years for us. Towards the end of Pochettino's time, we, we weren't on the front foot. We just weren't. I mean, people remember it that way. But the last year or so of Pochettino's time, those in that... In the Champions League run, we were on the ropes. We were like that. We were like a boxer on the ropes all the way, you know, through those games. We weren't really dominating at all, home or away. Um, Mourinho, we've had this cagey, you know, football where you're not on the front foot. And we've always been a front foot club. Away from home, you know, generally, not won much for the last decade or two, but no, we were free. front foot. And, and I do find, I do wonder if that will become an issue at some point you know <laughs> the, the mad thing is under Conte we haven't been playing front foot football or such but have scored a million goals you know, for, you know through a couple of months you know we've been winning 4-0 away to Leeds we're smashing Villa away 5-1 against um, against Newcastle we bashed Everton and I was at all those games it was just fantastic but we're not actually a front foot we don't play that pressing passing game that the likes of City do or Liverpool do, maybe that will change next year when we've got harder working players. So, you know, I do wonder. I mean, but we there's 
it that lack of intensity really really bothers me at times yeah because you you just get overrun you know it's it's like if you see you know one of the fighters tonight like that well you know both big heavyweights if you see a guy like that round after round the less likely as you're taking body punches and stuff it is you're going to be able to come out and fight you know uh, and today as we all said you know very early on you just know here we you know you watch for the first five minutes what kind of a game uh, it's going to be one of those games we're not turning up and not only did, it, did all the usual suspects not turn up but it, we have to include harry kane as one of the usual suspects harry kane often doesn't turn up for the very biggest games for tottenham whether that's a team thing or not he's just not at the races in the biggest biggest games you know yeah, I mean, you know, Marcus, come over to you just to, I mean, briefly touch upon the game. I mean, you know, I think the one thing that we touched upon, which really didn't, well, couldn't really make much sense of, and again, you put down was more to the height issue, was maybe bringing Sanchez on that was going to give us an opportunity maybe from, you know, set pieces as such. Um, Conte obviously has given us an explanation for that. But today, the lack of creativity is what really lets me know about it is, excruciating and then you see on the other side a player that we know very very well of course in Christian Eriksen who really I thought for Brentford dictated a lot of their forward play was really effective from set pieces when you watch a performance like that from Eriksen is he a player that you think we should be going back in for in the summer what's your thoughts on that uh yes um I, I always feel a bit guilty because towards the end when he left I, I was getting very frustrated with Christian Eriksen in the Likewise. same way that Jar mentioned that Harry Kane didn't turn up or doesn't turn up necessarily for all the big games. It, to me, Christian Eriksen did not turn up for the big games. However, in a game like today, if he'd been in a Spurs shirt against Brentford, he's the sort of guy that will unlock the, the door or, or score that key goal as he did against Brighton three or four years ago, which uh, when we played poorly, he got the goal that got us into the Champions League that year. The other thing that amazed me about Christian Eriksen, because I always joke he never ever in all his years at Spurs got a corner beyond the first defender. But talk about the, the variety of different corners that he came up with here, including those ones that, that Ivan Tony really should have taken advantage of because we didn't defend those very well. I mean, whatever... And I'm sure we are going to all mention him here, but whatever happens to Spurs this season, I just think the fact that Christian Eriksen is back playing football in the way that he has been, he's been so influential. Actually, tonight was the first time that Brentford haven't won a game that he started, but they didn't lose it. Uh, and mm -hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was brilliant to see both sets of fans giving him huge ovations. I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure that he's he should come back, to be honest with you. But um it was it was just it was fantastic to see him play well and it and it was frustrating in equal measures because yeah we'd like to have seen him switch why couldn't he have actually switched teams at half time that that I think would have been because the thing that really fear I, I was worried about if he scored the winner today oh. and then he joined Spurs in the summer and they go oh well what we got this season well we've got Champions League because of uh, you mate it would yeah, have been yeah. a, it would have been a bit yeah. unfortunate but yeah. uh, it was it fantastic really and we yeah that lack of creativity and then the worst thing about the way Spurs played today ponderous I, I my notes weren't as deep as Darren's I wrote one word ponderous and then more ponderous and then unbelievably even more ponderous and then what they do suddenly is panic and Dyer would suddenly attempt a ridiculous pass that was never, ever going to work. And, and so you get the worst yeah. of both worlds Absolutely. in that regard. But yeah, that, that touch of class from Ericsson was very, very visible mm. on the other side today. Yeah, I mean, Darren, come over to you. I think it was obvious for all of us all to see Ericsson still got that class, that ability. When you watch a performance like that and you see Spurs' lack of any real purpose from set pieces, 
is he a player that you'd be queuing up to sign in the summer on a free transfer if you're Daniel Levy? Um, I have got thoughts on that. First of all, talking of passes, I cannot um, let the let this show go go by without mentioning that wonderful cross field pass from Royale that just went from one side of the pitch to the other and out. I mean, come on now, come on! Like, I mean, come on. Callie, my seven-year-old, would be able to get it within a few feet of him. Anyway, um, right now, that's an interesting one because don't forget that when um, uh, Ericsson was in the team, uh, Kane was more or less an out-and-out striker. An out-and-out striker. So I, I, this is one that um, I think we should all um, maybe comment on. I'm not sure where Ericsson would fit into the team because Kane has been coming so deep mm. and has got that different role now with him and Son switching positions and pinging balls to each other, um, especially Kane coming uh, further in, uh, deep into midfield and pinging balls for Son. I'm not sure how you would um, allow Ericsson back into the team, sitting. Don't forget, he's not. He hasn't got that sort of Deli Alley Kane, that lovely triangle that we saw when he was at Spurs. Kane's changed his role now. I'm not sure what would happen to Kane if if Ericsson was to come back in the team. What do you think about that? It's interesting. I mean, I think for me, when I look at our lack of creativity in the games that we've just had retrospectively, you know, Brighton and Brentford, and I look at the way we're so poor at taking any form of a set piece, whether it be a corner or a free kick, and you see Ericsson's delivery. I think that mm. alone, and the fact he's on a free transfer, to me, it screams like a no-brainer. And then after the game, he says, you know, he's still a Spurs fan. He's rooting us to finish fourth. That's okay. But, it's going to have been an off day then for us. God. <laughs> but you know something? You know, I mean, we all, you know, we all subscribe to Spurs all over the social media. Mm. And and I was looking um, at one video uh, today. It was like 10, 12 minutes of Spurs in training. And you want to see Son bend it round the wall and ping it into uh, the top but, corner. But they all, look, they all look great when you've got the, when you've just got the, uh, what do you call them there? The metal, yeah, yeah. The mannequins. Oh, it looks impressive. Even Royale's on the free kicks. <laughs> I know. Oh, don't, don't. I mean, I mean, can't, you know, so when we get, when we finally get a free kit, you know, Sonny doesn't take one. Is it all for show? Is it all like, you know, you know, it is one for the camera, Sonny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. get it. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get why, why they should pepper us with these, these false mm. hopes, you know, of, of Son as... and. Go on, John. Go on, John. Well, I've got a totally, I've seen a few going back a couple of years, um, little videos of Son putting it up, picking it up in the top corner over and over and over. Now, we're so terrible and shit at free kicks. What would we have to lose by letting him have a go at it? You well, know? Exactly. And maybe that's fine. And if we let him take corners, what he should be taking the free kicks. I'd say put him on the free kicks, get him off the bloody corners. Yeah, get someone else on there. He's a striker, get him in the bloody box because mm. he can't beat the first man, which, no. of course, was Ericsson's problem at times. Yeah. Couldn't beat the first man. Now it's corners are all to the far post. I know. You know. Oh, Joel, would you take him back, Ericsson? Would you would you take Ericsson back for you, Joel? Yeah, Hart said no pun intended. Hart says yes when they're talking about it today. And he looks like it's you know, he looks fit, he's running about everywhere. Head, you know, always tends to say, A, don't go back. B, you know, has just been discussed, you know, where would he where would he as Mark is saying, you know, could he really handle being one of those two midfielders? There was a problem, wasn't there, at first with him under Conti uh, into Milan with Conti's uh, system. So I don't know, you know, if he could handle that. You know, I'm not, I, 
maybe you could. You know, he played very well today, and I mm. certainly wouldn't try. I, I would feel great if he come back, but my head would tell me, you know, you got to look at that a very look at that in a very cool way and think, is he simply the right, the best bet for us, the mm. right player? Because yeah. as Marcus said, I can remember so many games. He didn't turn up. Do you remember the Champions League final? Yeah. It's a Champions League final. You yeah. Know? You have yeah, a, yeah. a terrible bit of bad luck at the beginning. Not only is it Champions League final, Liverpool didn't turn up as I well. Know. I know. You know? Yeah. You know, and we terrible team selection that day as well. Oh. Kane should not Kane have started. Never have started. Yeah. Oh, we we're should gonna... have had, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, should have had Son running in behind and Lucas running in behind. The guy that's got a hat trick in the in the Champions League semi final doesn't start the final. Only mm. Tottenham, only Tottenham. Only yeah, Tottenham. I mean, anyone else? He's the full man. He goes into the Champions League final. He knows he's going to score, but no, he's on the bench. You know. <laughs> Uh, the question on the screen here from Paddy, a you know, regular listener, contributor, watcher, viewer. Um, he says, evening, guys, just back from the pub. I expect this result. The question I have for the panel is, what do you think his issue is with Spurs when it comes to getting past that line? What causes it? I mean, that in itself probably is another podcast, isn't it? If we've been honest with you, that, I mean, we could do a whole another show on that, Paddy. But for me, I'll be honest with you, you know, Spurs, when it comes down to the crunch, and we're, unfortunately we've all seen this um, across many different years, it just feels like Spurs don't have that ability to switch on when they need to, whether that's a semi-final, a final, or in the running now. And listen, we're all going to hope that there's still another twist and turn because it was only a few games ago. Arsenal fans completely lost any faith or belief that they would finish in the top four. Now, on the back of that result against Brentford, they all believe they're going to do it. And I've always said, I think Spurs, Spurs are a lot better when they're not under pressure. Because you can see what happens when Spurs are in control. Mm. They can't handle it. So maybe this does suit Spurs best. But I'm not going to lie. I can't stand looking at the league table again right now because they're above us. And I don't want to see them above us. So again, it's really infuriating. It really, really is. Um, just to touch upon, I know we discussed the game there in kind of a, a brief segment. There's not much to discuss about the game, we've been honest with you. Brentford right at the end, hitting the post. Tony striking the woodwork. And they could have won it, Brentford, if we've been mm. honest with you. Um, like we've touched upon, you know, a penny for maybe Lucas and Bergvine's thoughts when they saw, you know, Sanchez coming off the bench on the 74th minute or whatever it is. Bergvine, I don't think he didn't got on today, Bergvine. I don't think he even got on, no. stayed on the bench, which I think pretty much, if he needed to know where his future's at, that pretty much sums it up. But just to touch upon some individual players, I mean, Christian Romero, probably on the day, was probably Spurs' best player. Spurs had a best mm. player, didn't really do much wrong. Trying mm. to think, you know, made really some crucial uh, blocks yeah. and interventions as well. Eric Dyer, and we've touched upon this in the in the therapy chat here, that um, some real, just loose passes from Dyer, Aimless balls that we couldn't really understand what he was doing. I mean, after the game, he said that, you know, for Spurs to go again without shots on target, that's what really frustrates me about these post-match interviews, Marcus. I know when you've covered, you know, football, you see a lot of these players come out and the mic's in their face straight away. And maybe it's unfair to put them under that pressure. But um, Dyer's part of that as well, isn't he, Marcus? Do you think, you know, he'll look at back at that performance and feel we could have done more, contributed more on the day? Yeah, possibly. I, I'd hate to judge a player on, on the interviews because, as you say, it's a really difficult situation. Mm. They go out yeah. and they have to answer questions and you don't get anything of any value from, from those. Um, I will just point out that when Dyer was out of the side for a few weeks, we started to wail and gnash our teeth yeah. and say what a good player he is. So, mm. you know... Eric Dyer, I think, does a pretty good job in the circumstances. I I, I wouldn't want to particularly lambast him again. Yep. I mean, down the line, 
we, we talk again about the, the sufficient quality in the squad, in the starting eleven. Is he somebody yes. who's going to take us on to the next level? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I did. I, I would agree with you, though. Um, Romero, I thought, was good. He, he was getting forward into unusual positions as yeah, well, yeah. which I thought he, he showed yeah. real intent. Yeah. Um, occasionally, you think, oh, God, he's going to dangle a leg out or he's going to make some ridiculous challenge. But I, I think he's, he, he, yeah, I thought he was our best player today. And Son, I mean, Sonny, tried you know what it's like with Sonny though he, he has days where you know he's going to be magnificent and you have days where you know he's oh it's going to bobble off his foot he's going to have one extra touch every time I thought he was somewhere in between the two of those today whereas Harry Kane like I said every time I saw Harry Kane close up just his facial expressions he looks so miserable mm. so yeah, angry yeah. I, I felt yeah. his, his frustration was was palpable uh, and the two new guys uh, we know that uh, Kudasevsky and, and Bentecourt didn't have great games again today. And, and you know, Ben Davis, I think I, I, Ben Davis does what he can. I, no, I, 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 I don't think he did much, I, much wrong today, Ben Davis. I didn't think he did much yeah. wrong today. And no. I do sort of see what Conte is saying when he made the change and he and he brought Sanchez on and he said, well, Davis, you know, can bomb maybe bomb down the left a bit more, which mm. clearly Sessignon was not doing. So yeah. that did sort of make a little bit of sense. Mm. I mean, just on Emerson Royale, again, it's... Uh, listen, I know we... With Emerson, you feel like, you know, today, actually, defensively, I don't think he was too bad. But the problem we've got now is that teams know just how poor he is going forward. That just let him have the ball. You know, they just let him have the ball because they know really he's not going to do anything with it. I mean, Darren, moving forward now, because we're in a situation where Dottie's out for the season. Before that, obviously, he was favoured over Emerson. Do you think Conte will go into these next five games now continuing with Emerson? Or do you think I... we haven't we have not seen him try Bergvine? or Mora, or drop Decky back? Because I believe he's probably already tried it in training and it doesn't work. What, what's your opinion on that? I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. And I know he's 21 and I know he's young, but I, I went to the um, I went to uh, Stamford Bridge um, to uh, watch, uh, I think, uh, watch us play. And he was right. And I was watching him like a hawk for 45 minutes and he was awful. He couldn't pass. He couldn't tackle. He couldn't run. He couldn't cross. And and today, like I mean, I saw a couple of players go round him with ease today, you know. And he's like, "Which way did he go? Which way?" Did he go? <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I just don't, I don't have the faith in him. I'm sorry. And maybe I'm not being kind. Maybe you give young players time. I just don't see what he adds adds to the team. And with Doherty out, that is a problem. I mean, <clears throat> can you can you have Session and and surge on at the same time can you switch i mean i just i just you, wouldn't you, you just him. feel for these next five games we're gonna have to change something aren't we because I just, we're not getting any momentum or anything going down that right hand side I mean, and, as, as a spurs yeah. fan if if you know if i and a lot of people feel that way about one of our players mm. you know surely a, a, an opposing manager must be licking their lips and just go just well, everything are, yeah. down the right everything down yeah. the right he can't yeah. he can't he can't do anything his geezer mm-hmm. everything down the right and then yeah. you know then we found out again so by the way, are we having a rave at Jar's house? It looks a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, we, 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 we've picked the wrong house. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Joel, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll turn the light on. <laughs> I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off and I'll sit here in the dark for the rest of the night pondering Tottenham. <laughs> this is great. Jar, very quickly on your thoughts um, with regards to Emerson. What do you think we should do? I mean, do you think we're going to let him play out these next five games or do you think we're going to have to be brave and change something? You know, Bergvine... Kulusevski, it's uh, really, Mora. it's really, something's tr- got to change, hasn't it? It's really tricky. 
He's not, the, I don't, he's not actually the worst player we've had. He's up he was there. okay defensively today. He was worst. okay defensively, yeah. Apart from the time light against Villa when he lets people shoot, come inside him and just get past him at pace. And you, you're worried he's going to waggle the leg out and give a pen away, you know. He's, he's an athlete. He's strong enough for the Premier League. He's, at the moment, he's just not adapted to it. And I thought today was so frustrating. Right. He gave the ball away so much, um, you know, but it's tricky. It's funny. I didn't realise it makes sense. Yeah, Kulaveski was behind uh, Lucas, so he's he's put Kulaveski as the, as the right wing back. That could work because he's a canny player. He's a, I couldn't imagine Lucas defending at all. You know, but I can imagine Kudovetsky with Romero comes over to help um, Emerson all the time. He's covering for Emerson, which is mm. part of the job of the right-sided side, right centre half. But yep. maybe maybe Kudovetsky could do a job there. Mm. You know, it'd be nice to have a bit of burning pace up front wide with Lucas. Yep. Plus, Lucas puts a shift in. You know, so that could work. But Emerson, for me, not not especially these kind of games. You mm. know. I don't see it, and we're just really lacking there at the moment. You know, it, we really are. It's you know, it's, I can't think of any other player in the squad. Maybe there's a, a young. We've got. Um, I mean, right I say on the bench, back. we've got we've got obviously Marcus Lavalin Le- Le- on the bench. I mean, what I would say is for five, and we've called them FA Cup fifth round ties to come. I think to put a young kid in under all that pressure, I no. don't think is the best for his confidence. As, listen, as, as worrying as we feel about Emerson Royale's performances, to throw a young kid into the Lions den where we've got five games now where even more that pressure is increased. I just don't know if that's right for that kid's development, I've got to be honest with you. Never played a minute of Premier League football in his life. Been on the bench a few times, but yeah, I mean... No, that's Mark, not, that's yeah. not going to happen. I think maybe Kudovetsky might possibly yeah. be the mm. answer and then he's going to have to spend a week training the link up play yeah. with the likes of Mora, if he's because mm. it's probably going to be Mora on the right, I would have thought. Yeah. You know, you, I, I, what you do for is going in now for a four week training, something has got to change because you know, teams are working us out and we can't go, I don't think, you know, third game in a row, same system without changes when we're not scoring goals, we're not even having shots on target. Something has got to change. Uh, Marcus, just very quickly to sum up on the midfielders, I mean, Hoybier today, listen. Didn't offer much from a creative perspective. Benton Cure, to be honest with you, not a nice cut of touches, but you'd probably say, again, he was struggling to really get that ball moving forward, thinking off the pitch. And mm. I've got to be honest and say, one of his poorer games for the club so far. Um, you have a view on the way that midfield duo worked today? Um, I, yeah, I didn't think either of them had good games today. Uh, but having said that, I, I've i loved Benton Cure. Uh, in the early weeks that he's been at the club, you know, he, he looks the part when he... he gets the ball there's normally an injection of of pace in the game he, he zips that ball across the turf so I, i'm you know i'm not going to slag him off for one disappointing game uh Hoybier is a funny one isn't he because i, I again I, I love his commitment there is at times i think not i'd say an obvious lack of quality a, a little bit of a lack of quality when it comes to being you know finding a pass crossing the ball at the right moment there were there were three or four glaring examples of him wasting possession but you know what? With five games to go, he's going to be those those two. Those two need to play well because they're going to be a key part if we mm. are going to finish in the top four. So, 
I hope they can, uh, and I think they're professional, both of those guys, to put a disappointing performance behind them today yeah. and come back out. And I, and I keep saying, I, I think the important thing with Spurs, if you, and this is why you, you're all right to say we should try and be, be on the front foot from the word go, because if we do get in front, we're a different team as, as a rule. And, I, and I'm yeah. optim, and I am looking at the, the remaining fixtures. I'm optimistic next weekend if we can get a good result against Leicester. Uh, it would just tee things up again, and you kind of go to Liverpool without a huge amount of pressure on your shoulders in terms of expectation. So, I know we're all feeling really in the dumps, and we can pinpoint individual players, and none of them play well today, with perhaps the exception to a degree of Romero, maybe Son. But let us remember that up until last week, we put together a fantastic run with the same players, and I yeah. think those players are capable. With the opposition that's to come, I think they're capable mm. of doing that again. Yeah, I mean, I say a massive thank you tonight. There's been four, five hundred, six hundred of you watching us live tonight on an evening where we're competing with the boxing and Spurs have drawn nil nil away to Brentford. So uh, thank you so much for your love for last one on Spurs. Always appreciate it. It's down to these guys here that have given up their time as well to come on. So thank you so much, gents. Um, as we look to kind of sum up, I mean, listen, uh, Kulisevsky, we discussed with his Young. We've said, you know, nervy game for him. What else can we say about Sessing Young? You know, we can see there's a player in there, but confidence-wise at the moment looks shot to pieces. Kulisevsky, again, a really, another really game, another game where he just seemed to go missing. I mean, uh, Darren, let's come over to you. Kulisevsky, any, have you been surprised by how well he started? Just how ineffective he's been over the last few weeks. Is that fair? Don't know if it's that fair. I mean, I, I like him. I, I, you know, I mean... You know, if you, you take the t- whole team as a as a whole, Ricky, you know, everyone's like, not you know, listen. Everyone's not playing great at the moment. It just no. because of how good he's been, Kulisevsky, been so so good. You know, and the drop off has been obviously it's been really really um, well. It's been evident in the last few games, and what has contributed so far to the team. Well, if you like look at the previous few weeks, it's a combination of um, not getting the service, you know, not getting the opportunities to run forward and, and to do what he does, and, and to come inside and cut in on his left hand on his, his left foot. And also, like we've said, you know, teams are, are finding a way to nullify us, to um, uh, to put out the fire. I mean, hopefully, you know, if we when it comes to playing a team um, that want to play and that want to uh, come at us, we'll be, he'll be back at his best and he'll find those spaces and he'll, you know, um, and, and he'll find the way to... Uh, cut inside and, and do what he does. But I've got no complaints with him, really. I think he's a, a, a fantastic signing for us. I, you know, yeah. I, I've got no complaints with him, no issues. I think he's brilliant. Come in there, Joe. go for it. Yeah, well, it's so difficult for him in these last couple of games. He's got his back to, to the opponent's to the goal. He's yeah, yeah. facing his own goal. He's very deep. Whereas in other games, he's getting the ball wide, sometimes in tight mm. positions. But he's, he's, he's facing the right way. And he's got options, and there's runners, and the pitch is stretched, the game stretched. Today, him and Ben, they're, 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 these players are so aggressive, coming straight in on them. By the yeah. way, I thought the ref today was a little bit pro, a little bit of a homer. I felt there was quite a few 50-50 sorts that really should have been fouls for Tottenham. He let, a, he, he let a, a, an advantage go with Son mm. got fouled on the, yeah. on the edge of the box. And, yeah. and 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 that boring Alan Smith, who reminds me of an undertaker. Oh, I can't it, understand know. why Alan Smith is 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 commenting on Spurs games. I don't understand that. He's a gooner. Uh, he's yeah. a brummy, and he's got a speech impediment. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um, yeah, but his very... daughter is married to. Um... <laughs> he's, he's part Tottenham because his daughter's married to Daniel Levy's son, isn't he? So uh, oh, oh really? No. Right. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
Really? So, wow. You know, it's great here, you know, watching Tommy really getting <laughs> stuck in there, really getting stuck in. I'm going to defend, yeah. I mean, I know he's a good, but I must have worked with Alan a bit. He's actually, he is a top bloke. I will, I'm going to, I'm going to, he's the only Go Arsenal on. person I will defend, but actually I think his heart's in the right place. But um, I, will, I will let we you di- say, we digress. I will let you say, Marcus. Very quickly, I mean, Jar, just overall, the forwards, you mentioned Son earlier. I mean, it's, I thought we had a, a bit of a quiet performance. You saw, you saw some glitches there. Harry Kane, you know, it does feel, we've always said about Spurs that, you know, when Kane plays well, Spurs play well. And Kane, again, another ominous performance in a game where, you know, you said it earlier, we need our big players to step up. And he is one of the biggest for Tottenham. We need to step up in these final five remaining games now, Jar. Yeah, well... You know, I think against it's done us a favour that that we're playing Rover either side of our game, and that's all you can do is look forward to the next game, get three points, don't panic, knuckle down. Um, they're not giving away too many chances. We were lucky we we could easily have lost today. By the way, I think when he bought Sanchez on, it was to be to, have to be a, a little bit more have an aerial presence in both boxes. But we still needed conceded a, a, a headed goal anyway after he come on, you know. Look, let's. I'm looking forward to next week's game. You mm. know, it's be, I'm, I'm really happy as I was, I'm playing playing a gig on the Saturday. Only realised that it's been moved up and go to the game. Let's just get three points there and take it from there and just try and be realistic, back the manager, back the team, you know. The guys, you can't, Deny he's had a massive effect on the club, Conti. Absolutely, we, we were ninth for win. We, we were ninth for win. Now, obviously, in a position where we'd be really disappointed and frustrated if we don't finish fourth. That probably tells you how we feel about the manager. That he's taken us to that level now where we'll be disappointed. But that is so Spurs, isn't it? But listen, let's 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 kind of then conclude it as we go now. Um, Marcus has come to you. You earlier gave us a very brave prediction that you mm. gave us your kind of accumulator. Yes. running on there that you think Spurs will finish fourth and you still maintain that after today's result? Uh, yes, I do. Based on my, my supreme mathematics, which tells me at the moment we have 58 points, we will pick up three points against Leicester. I'm saying we'll get none against Liverpool, although I'm hoping we get something. And then we will beat Arsenal, Burnley and Norwich, which gives us uh, 12 points to add to our 58, which makes 70 points. And Arsenal currently on 60 points. We'll get three more against West Ham. It's a shame because uh, if West Ham weren't in Europe, I think they'd struggle, but I, I think they will. Uh, they'll get three at home to Leeds. They'll lose to us. They'll only get the point at Newcastle. That's going to be the key game. They'll go to Newcastle and not win. They'll beat Everton. That gives them 10 points. So we both finish on 70 points. We've got a better goal difference. Oh. We're in the Champions League. They're not. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I love Marcus's confidence. I do love it. And the way he doesn't, except he's a broadcaster, the way he delivered that, you know, so succinct as well. Superb. Darren, do you share that optimism when we look to close the show? Do you believe Spurs can still finish on the top four, despite the fact they haven't scored in under 99 minutes? First of all, I want to say that the fact that you've got Marcus Depping for Lee, who is stat man, I, I, I just, he's, he's absolutely, he's, the lad's just slotted into the role. I mean, he's got the facts, he's got the figures. Uh, wonderful, Marcus. So, um, well, like I said, two months ago, if you'd have said that we'd be where we are or where we were yesterday, sitting in fourth, I'd have said, not on your Nelly, mate. But now, you know, as Marcus has, has proven, mathematically, it can very, very, well happened so i mean keep the faith the only thing that pisses me off is that my glass is sort of always half full and that when we lose like we did against um 
Brentford, Brighton. I always think, don't worry, because they will look at the videos, they will iron it out, and we'll come back. So when you have a result like today, all right, we haven't lost, we've got a point. That pisses me off because I can think, well, what did you learn from last week? Like, what do you do when teams sit back, you know, and don't let us play through them? Surely you spend the next week finding that plan b so when so after brighton to do to play like we did today that's the only niggle i've got you know i just think mm. because my glass is so half full i always want them to learn from defeats yeah, and yeah. come back you know Absolutely. and it just but in, in answer to your question yes I'm, I'm with marcus come on why not we've all had a drink come on <laughs> Some of us several, and we're loving it, and we're loving it. I've got Marcus on the water and making it very clear as well. Jar, listen, you the last time you was on here, you gave us a, a really kind of rising finish to say Spurs are going to definitely finish in that top four. Oh, they're now, still going to finish top four, but I'm disappointed because Marcus is right, we are. But I was thinking it was going to be wrapped up with two games to go. That's not going to happen. Now, are you I concerned though, Jar? It feels like to me now that, Lund- that North London derby against Arsenal is going to be, Spurs have to win that now. You know, they mm. have to win that. And that was my dread going into this. That young Arsenal wonder- team, young Arsenal team, loose cannon like Zappa, an over-emotional manager like Arteta, doing the Simeone thing today, you know, to the crowd and all that. And, you know, so they're on a knife edge. Mm. They've got to come to White Hart Lane. It's going to be great atmosphere there. Mm. So let's see. So, no, uh, th- but this is just a stepping stone, this, uh, mm. you know, this for I don't see us winning the Champions League next year, but we will win the league next year with Conte. Oh, tell you, God, anyone would have, anyone would have thought we'd won four 0 by the time we summers into this. <laughs> they call it manic depression, or they used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, before, before we get carried out and put in straight jackets, uh, very quickly I must say. Uh, very, listen, been lovely having you guys on. Thank you so much. Incredible support for the show tonight. I think, again, I've had 500, 600 of us watching us live when we've got, of course, a massive boxing well, fight to come. Of course, Tyson Fury against Dillian White coming your way very, very soon. We've managed to fit this in to the credit of these guys. I've been absolutely superb. Marcus, sorry, it's still not a win. It's got to come soon, Marcus, on this podcast. It has to. It'll come sometime in the next three seasons. I'm quite sure of that, Ricky. <laughs> Does that mean you'll give me only three seasons left of your yeah, time to get that's us the it. win? If we, haven't, if we haven't done it in three seasons, I, I am off to be, a I don't know, a Gretna Green fan or something like that. Right, Marcus, <laughs> we're getting you on from Arena in the Cup next season when we draw them, if we even get that far in the Cup. This is what we've got to deal with. But been loving Marcus Button on tonight. The wonderful Darren Altman also on last one, I suppose. Darren... Always emotional, always Spurs, always this. I can't believe it, as always. Bring you on for a result like that. Thank you so um, much for your time. Thank you. I, 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 I just want to say that uh, as this was an important uh, business meeting, I have had a selection of beer, uh, wine, snacks, and uh, cheeses. <laughs> Castigat, Redindu, uh, Mores. Yes. <laughs> um, I say that's one man I'm not sure we'll be keeping his job beyond Conte's but we will wait to see the brilliant Darren Altman on last one of Spurs and a pleasure having you Darren thank you so much for your time Jar I know it was last minute so thank you so much Jar anything in the diary we want to be keeping an eye on for you yeah I've, yesterday it's coming out the start of the week properly I've done a dub version of the Ukrainian national anthem it's on a company oh, wow. called Dimple Disc all the money goes to um, goes to to a couple of big Ukrainian charities, so that's that's out there now. It's on Amazing. Dimple Discs. It's on their Bandcamp page now, but they're going completely digitally releasing it at the start of the week. 
Superb. And that's done, with the Ukra- that's done with the Ukrainians and a guy called John Klein, who I work a lot with. So that's that's out. So it's good. It's, it's the Ukrainian Superb. national anthem in dub, you know. That's yeah. brilliant. Fantastic. Right. Well, guys, listen, I must say again from bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all your time this evening. Never easy coming on on the back of a result like that. And we know it's a big Saturday night. And again, thank you so much, guys, for all the love, all the comments. Now, we had so many listener questions tonight, over 70 or 80 of them. So sorry we didn't cover them all. But we hope we covered the aspect on Spurs and where we're going as a football club. But from Marcus, from Jar, from Darren and myself, guys, keep faith. If you've heard the, listen to, well, if you've heard the last five minutes of this show, there's a belief here that Spurs are going to finish in the top four. My God, what's going to happen next on this crazy show? From Marcus, from Jar, from Darren and myself, guys, keep safe, keep well. And as always... Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.